Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Courtney Shaw. She is a copywriter turned business coach obsessed with making complex concepts like business models and sales copy simple and tangible to help regular people get big results. She's a big believer in the power of offering a signature service. I said service as the best way to start making a full-time income online. Yep. And services is the theme of today's episode. If you have thought about offering something that you kind of sort of maybe know how to do to some people that you kind of sort of maybe like, then this episode is going to give you a really good framework on how to get started. We go all the way back from Courtney's very first clients to how she niched niche down, how she identified her value proposition and how you could do the same thing and tips she would give new service providers who are just starting out after they've landed their first client, what to do next. We also talk about maybe what we haven't mentioned yet on this podcast, which is the dad bod level of business. So if you want to find out what that's all about, then make sure you stay and listen. Hey, Courtney, welcome back to the show. So excited to be here. I think this is my third visit. Yes. Is it? Is uh-huh. it? Yeah. I love having people back and I feel special. Well, and <laughs> usually you only get invited back if I agree with you. Just- <laughs> <laughs> it is our show. We get to make the rules. Well, of course. Well, that, I mean, I feel like that's logical. No, you know? for sure. But you have been a longtime believer, just like us, that starting with services and really growing a service-based business is such a key and foundational way to grow a full-time income, especially online. And I, I think I see so many people chasing other types of businesses out there or even starting with something else first and then getting really frustrated really quickly when they're not making as much money as they want to be making. And I'm curious, why do you think services is a good place to start? Yeah. I I mean, this is, one of the things I feel like I have to shout from a mountaintop until the day I die because it's not sexy. It's not, it's like, it's that thing that's like what you need, not what you want. So it's just the message has to get repeated again and again and again. And also there's new entrepreneurs sprouting all the time who need to hear that message. And I always say like services is your now money and courses usually is courses right and that's what you know i teach my clients is usually like go from services to courses um in our industry is your later money so like the thing is with services you you can make money this week yeah. tomorrow <laughs> like salary money not like five dollars <laughs> and of course you need an audience you need a reputation there's a learning curve there's tech there's marketing there's everything 
services you you should be able to like if you if you're doing it correctly get three clients in the next 10 days because you're creating a service that you already know people need that right like that's i have a whole program on this but if i sum it up in a nutshell like it's basically that create a service that people you already know already want done Yep. Done. That, that's what you guys, if you've been around for two seconds, that's what we help you through within our programs, within our messaging, within our five days to launch challenge that's coming up again soon, actually. So pay attention. But the reason why, you know, I love having Courtney on is I agree with you in the sense that there, there, I feel like are very few entrepreneurs who like to talk about the non-sexy side of business. What we have lovingly called the dad bod of business, like that's all we aim to achieve. We want our business to have a nice, soft, safe, healthy dad bod and services are what get you there. It's secure. It goes to the farmer's market. Yes. 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 It'll take you to, it'll take you to the splash pad if you want. You got, it's fine. Uh, I remember when Emily's only goal in life was to make enough money that she could buy Chipotle any day of the week that she wants. This is a lot. I mean, these are appropriate life visions, I feel. That's what I like. <laughs> but, but that's when we were doing services full time. I know you also ran a service-based business and... I get frustrated when people teach about things they never did themselves. Well, side note there. <laughs> but but I know that it was so quick. I'd love to hear a little bit about what it took for you to get your original service-based business off the ground. Like, how quickly did you get it out there and start getting clients? Well, so that's a great question because because I am about 10 years into this now. I was just talking to someone this week who is about 22 years old, and I was about... 22, 23, when I started, I was trying not to sound like one of those people's like, oh, back in my day when I was internet was new. Yeah. I was trying to sound cool, okay, because we were talking about TikTok. So I had to really oh, had to raise my luck with that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like at that time I was really young. I was really green. I came out of college with a French degree. So nothing really super practical, not a lot of life experience that we're talking about here. And so when I started my business, really similar to to Emily's goal of eating at Chipotle, my goal was if I could just make like 30, 35 K a year for the rest of my life and live my, you know, little bohemian digital nomad lifestyle, I will be happy until the day I die. And I still think that's like, I I still, there's a part of me that is still very in alignment with that. I think I can dream a little bit bigger now, but it's just that I don't need, it's not, I'm not in it for the money's sake, right? So that was my original goal. So I started off, I mean, I'm going to skip ahead a couple chapters here for time's sake, but as a copywriter. And when I- Back when you were three. Yeah. When I was, so, so in, in 2012, I took uh, Marie Forleo's B school and I took a copywriting course and I decided to be a copywriter, but I was doing general website copy. And when, when potential clients were coming to me, I was writing custom proposals and I was spending so much time like designing the proposals and making them look really nice and like obsessing over the proposals. And I wasn't a designer. (laughs) either. Oh, I mean, at least I was a designer, but like, I shouldn't I spend that much. Timing. 
And mine look like shit. I shouldn't spend as much time on the proposal design as I do on the actual project. There's a problem. Exactly. That's exactly it. And so, and then as I was creating the proposal, the pricing section, I always felt like I had to reduce the prices or add more in, or like, it was just this, every time I did it, it was this, this just turmoil I would go through creating this proposal, send it to the client. And, you know, it was kind of a, a stab in the dark if they said yes or no, because oftentimes they were shopping around for a copywriter. So they were getting proposals from different copywriters. And I did that for a couple of years and I got my business to what I thought was like a very, a very exciting point, which was making about $2,000 a month, which is just adorable to me now. But, but I couldn't crack that because I wasn't charging enough to make more money. And I didn't do the math on that either on like, what do I need to charge based on like how much time I actually physically have to work on client work in order to make my revenue goal. I actually have this whole client capacity calculator now on our website because I, people don't do that math. They're not taught to do that math. They don't think to do it. It's very rare that anyone has done that math as a service provider. And yet it, when you learn to do it, you realize it's the most obvious thing in the world that you should be calculating. Like if you can even take on the client load to make the revenue goal. So that got really stressful and I felt like I couldn't break through that. So it really hit a, a breaking point, a rock bottom, which I think was good because I, I had nothing to lose. So I was willing to try anything. And I've been getting a lot of requests from people to do sales pages. And I was very, very hesitant because that I felt like sales pages were risky because it's directly selling their stuff. And so if I don't do it right, they're going to be really mad at me if their thing doesn't sell. Whereas if I was writing an about page, I could kind of get away with, it was a little bit more like indirectly related to the sale versus the sales page being directly. And, but then I don't know, I just, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. Cause I've been doing work with me pages as a part of my website copy packages, but not isolated. And I started this service sales page CPR where it started as I would review your sales page or your work with me page. And I just would take, I would do like a video and I would, I would talk in the video and like leave comments in the document. And then I, I those sold really fast, like faster than I'd ever booked clients. That's exactly how my like business services started is with audit. Was audit. I love that. Well, it's such an easy, like starting point, you know? And, and I'm glad I started with that because it validated that people wanted help with this very specific thing. And then of course they ask, oh great. Yeah. You audited it. Now, can you do it? Can you do the stuff you've recommended? <laughs> right. It's an interesting kind of road to go down because if you aren't, I think people make a choice. They, they either set themselves up for failure intentionally <laughs> or they are intimidated by what the idea of success could look like. I think you, I remember when you started, which just makes me sound even older. Like I remember when you were doing sales pages and audits and just getting that business off the ground and looking at it from the outside in, what I think made you successful was that you were really clear on your value proposition to people. Like, it wasn't just that you knew what you were selling, but you knew the value it could provide to the end client. And I think so many people go into this, like maybe they have an idea of what they could sell, but then they, they get overwhelmed by 
well, I can't promise anything to somebody. Like I can't promise that it's going to produce any kind of result. Cause then what if it doesn't like, what if I suck or what if, you know, and they don't be mad at me. Second guess themselves to death. Do you have any specific tips around identifying what that value could look like? I'm really glad you brought this up because this is such a common thing. Our clients come say too. And I always try to remind them that you're not making guarantees, nor is any business owner or service provider out there who's selling things like, and I always, what I do is I always go, you're in a pro. So our program is called yay for hundred K. And I'm like the, the, the value proposition, the positioning of the program is that the strategy I teach in this program is to set you up to be able to make six figures from your business. I'm not promising you're going to make six figures. And, and that's very clear, you know? And I think I'm confident with that now because I've been in this space for 10 years. I think when you first start, it's scary because you're not used to that slight difference between a guarantee and a value proposition. And this all goes back to, of course, the rainbow of sales, right? Is, <laughs> I remember. I can't there help myself. an episode on this somewhere. I know. Like, I can't help myself, but like, it's, it's really people try so hard to sell the how, like they're selling the process of what they do. Like I'm selling you on the mechanics of the copywriting I'm going to do. That's great. Like you definitely want to share that, like the process of the work and the, you know, what the experience is going to be and what they're going to get. They need to know all that. But the, the value proposition that Abigail's talking about is why should I care? Like, why am I getting copywriting in the first place? So that I can sell more, I can enroll more clients. So that, and why do I want to enroll more clients? And that's where you can get into so that I can finally, you know, for me, it's often like finally have the freedom that is why I started my business in the first place instead of every single month chasing down enough money to pay my bills, you know? So it's, that's not a promise. The promise is the deliverable. I'm going to deliver you this this. thing. Yeah. (laughs) Not the result, but the result needs to be positioned or else they're going to, you have to remind them why it's important to do that thing. And just forget about the fact you're not guaranteed. No one you've ever bought anything from was guaranteeing a result. Unless they literally said we are guaranteeing this or your money back or whatever. But I don't know a single service provider online who's guaranteeing results. So I would just, I know this is easier said than done, but I would just sort of like let go of that. It's a non-issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to also kind of identify, because I feel like in the same sense of value proposition, also to other people might hear that as like you niche down really easily and really quickly. And like, we're clear that like, copywriting was the thing. And then, okay, yeah, maybe there was a couple of like renditions of that with audits and about me pages and then sales page copy, whatever. But I've had some conversation with some new VAs recently who are offering services, more admin work. They're dipping their toes into like general VA work. And they're really figuring out and trying to figure out, well, what is the thing that I'm going to specialize in? What is the thing that that I can bring from my skills of a completely different industry and offer a service Do you have any tips for your clients and customers to maybe expedite that niching down process so they're not feeling like they're saying yes to all these projects for years on end? Oh, yeah. And and this is such a, it's not like a one step solution. It's a constant reiteration. So just, you know, be prepared that at every level of business, you're constantly having to like up level those boundaries on who you say yes to and what you say no to. Yeah. Same, like 
still doing that? Still mm-hmm. doing that. Exactly. For me, the big shift for folks is to focus on solving a problem instead of having a bunch of features. So again, rainbow of sales, but like the problem, what is the problem that you're solving with your VA work? And that needs to come from who are your potential clients? Who is it that you want to work with? And and the where I see people getting mixed up is they haven't gotten specific enough on who they want to work with. So they can't get specific enough about the problem they solve. And so then they have to offer an array of different things because different people want different things. So I would say the first thing is to get really clear on what I call your muses, but are like, who are three to five actual live human beings you know who need what you have to offer and you would love to work with and do some journaling, ask them questions, like interview them, talk to them. But what is it they really need, you know, that you know they need, but more importantly, what is it that they say they need? Because the language that they use to talk about the problem is the, is what they're going to resonate with. Whereas you, you are the expert. Even if you are new, you're still the expert because this is the thing you have either more skills and more experience relative to your clients, or it comes naturally to you. So you take it for granted because you're like, well, everyone's great at managing a Google calendar. And I'm like, uh, no, my friends, I have booked two plane tickets for the same trip before. (laughs) So (laughs) don't take your skills and strengths for granted. And, and, but really you've got to, you've got to work that empathy muscle of, what is it that the people I want to work with are communicating and expressing they need? And and you have to learn some psychological skills here too, because you kind of have to, you have to listen to them, but you also have to kind of read between the lines on what they're really saying, but they're not saying, but they're saying, you know what I mean? And that can be really tricky. It's trickiest, I would say, for uh, coaches, life coaches, people who are doing more abstract, deep abstract work. Uh, that's where people won't always give you the language on the surface. You have to dig in and that it it is a process and it can be really hard, but it's the most important thing you'll do for your business. Now, I feel like you might disagree with me on this bit, which is fine. You to each their own. We won't have you back on the show. If you, you I'm out now, I'm out. Uh, But I personally, had a hard time identifying what this was or what it looked like for me. And I was scared to like commit. And so for me and my service-based business, I worked as a graphic designer for years. I felt like I had to work with different kinds of people to understand the kind of person I wanted to work with. Like I had, I might've had an idea of like what sounded good, but until I like actually worked with someone, it was hard for me to hit a nail on a head. And so I, I was kind of general at first. And then it took me a full year to really just like get more and more specific. I mean, I had a variety of services and then less services and then less services for a specific kind of person. And then eventually, like a whole year into business later, I could have told you I only offer full web design packages that include copy and a photography, like full photo shoot for food based businesses that sell in this region to these kinds of people. We got super specific. You couldn't have made that up on day no. one because right. you had no idea that that was even a right. thing. I like to say- well, I she hadn't met me yet. So. That's true. <laughs> so that's it. It was Emily really. <laughs> Didn't have a photographer. 
I totally agree with that. So please invite me back for episode four. <laughs> okay, um, okay. No, I totally agree because I think I think that's an important point. When you're just getting started, if you literally haven't worked with anyone, that's it sort of becomes this chicken or egg thing, right? Like, do I, I did exactly the same thing as you, Abigail. I started, okay, I want to be a copywriter, but I've never had a client before. <laughs> I have a French degree. Like I have no, I have no leg to stand on here. So what I did was I, I beta tested three very different clients and I I think I did free work and I did because I was so new. The second you're not really new, I don't think you have to do that. But if you're second. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like really green and you're just, it can really help you get over that hurdle of if you're super terrified to charge for anything at all, it, you'll end up just shooting yourself in the foot if you if you don't, you know, so it's it's a case by case basis. I think in my case it worked out for me, but so I worked with old college roommate of mine who was starting an Etsy shop. So I did copy for her, her website, her blog website. Then I did the website copy for the coffee shop that I was a barista at while I started my business. And then the third client I had was a photographer who was specializing in photos for like, like teen girls. So like senior photos, just like to help them like, and like, not like your typical senior photos, but like really beautiful photography. And I love that. I thought it was, that was a great niche. And that turned out to be the client. I was like, yes, this is the type of person I want to work with. The service provider, the coffee shop, basically she couldn't care less about her website. So it was a futile effort for me to write copy for her website. My friend with the Etsy shop, did not see the valley. She was, it was a hobby, not a business. So it helped me to learn the new, like the nuance of, oh, like, like these are the types of people I want to work with. And then want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business. I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. That's how I started. Then I went into the writing custom proposals for a year and a half, right? So I think I could have expedited that process. I don't think it needed to be a year and a half, but I do think I needed to gain some experience. And I 100% agree, starting with a, casting a bit of a wider net when you're not sure is important. I always told my students, when you're stuck, engage. Like if you're stuck because you're trying to, in your head, figure out who your target client is and you don't know, you need to just go talk to some people and work with some people. You need to talk yeah. to some people. You need to sell it. You need to like, you need to actually perform the service. Yeah. Do the project you hate for not enough money and then you'll freaking learn the lesson. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I had to learn it's a, a good thing. Along the way. No, for sure. It's totally a good thing. I wish we would beat ourselves up a little less during this process, but it, I, it also feels like everyone's people. watching us. I feel no. like we think, you know, everyone on Instagram or our clients no or, cares. or whatever are like, um, she works with a coffee shop and a photographer. She doesn't know what yeah, she's doing. Exactly. Like, no one is saying that. Well, I, you know, people, I see our, I see our clients get really in their head sometimes around like if they pivot a bit in their business, like I'm being flaky. Everyone's going to judge me. I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but nobody cares what you're doing at all. Nobody's watching. They're worried about their own self seeming flaky. They're not worried about you. No, they're definitely not worried about you. Yeah. There, I mean, I do think there's like exceptions to the rule. Like perhaps I have seen some people start a service-based business where they were doing something professionally for a long time for someone else and then pivoted to do it for themselves. And they, you may, if you're in that belt, like you may have a much clearer idea of the kind of client you want or the kind of service you want to provide. And if that's you, then don't, waste your time like yeah, don't work for free you're already an expert right you already did <laughs> the thing i was 22 and had never had a real job before so same. it was a very literally different setup yeah this summer is my 10 year anniversary of having an llc so like i haven't known what the f i've been doing for a mm -hmm. long time we've all just made this up yes. we've just invented this i made it my job it's been working yeah mm-hmm that's what you have to do. That's like a whole, I could talk about that for like a whole episode. Cause sometimes I do feel like I'm playing house, like, like 
this is all like a fake business and people just give me monopoly money in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's adulting in general. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, okay. So how, go ahead, Emily. Well, I, I kind of want to be a little selfish and nosy for a second. You guys know as our avid listeners that we use sometimes having guests on the show for our own benefit. I'm going to use this for a second for my mom's benefit. So my mom is wanting to leave her full-time job. Hopefully her boss is not listening. Spoiler alert. She's leaving you guys. She's starting off going into services because how many times has she finally listened to me now? And she's like going into VA work. Okay. So I want to kind of use her as like a case study, like a live action. What would you do next kind of piece of advice? So I feel like a lot of people might be in this stage where they maybe started a business last year and it's like kind of trickling along and they're wanting to like really focus on it this year. They realize last year they're not, they want to go back in the office. They don't want to go back to work for that company that's not in alignment with them anymore. And they're really wanting to start. So what is, what I see a lot of our audience doing is they're, they're diving in and they're doing it. They're taking action, which I love. And they like maybe land one client. And then they freaking freeze and they absolutely do not know what to do next or to keep doing. And so if if you are back in that position of like, okay, (laughs) I did the thing, I sent the proposal and I got paid for this freaking thing. Now, how do I keep doing this in a way that doesn't drive me crazy? I love this because, you know, I, I never thought of it that way, but it's so true. I would book a client. I'd be like, yes relief, sweet relief. I have a client. And then I would totally forget that I need more clients (laughs) because it was so stressful and anxiety inducing and putting yourself out there in sales. And it's, it's so uncomfortable because you're at first, right? I want to be clear at first it's uncomfortable. Now I'm like, that's my favorite thing to do, but because it's just comfort zone, you haven't done it. It's new. We weren't told in school how to sell ourselves, especially as women. Like if you've been an employee for a long time, it is a huge, massive shift. So I think the, the utter exhaustion that comes from selling and booking a client. And then we feel like we get to go back into employee mode and do the work. And we forget that now we're a business owner. I think that takes time because it's a little bit of unlearning everything you've been, especially for someone like your mom, who's been in a a career for a long time and, and has had that really ingrained. I think there's a, a lot of unlearning that happens there on multiple different levels. So all about the self-compassion on that, that's going to happen. What I, what I talk about with our clients is there's three, there's three pillars of your service-based business. And you want to make sure that you are actively uh, improving and even like streamlining each of these. It's your marketing, your sales, and your delivery. Because if you market, sell, and then you're just delivering and you forget to then continue to market and sell by the time that client is done, Either you booked one client and basically now you just have a new job, right? Like (laughs) it's not really a business owner. It's like not having a job working for this client, but then that project ends and then it's like, oops, I don't have any more clients lined up. So I think having, having in the beginning, you're building all you're you're testing things out, right? You don't really know what works in marketing. You don't really know how to sell. You don't, you're figuring out the delivery. So every pillar is a lot of conscious effort. So it's like building a new muscle. It's really hard at first. And then it will become easier and easier as you build muscle memory and as it gets stronger. But I would say almost put on a piece of paper or sticky notes in your workspace of like every day I need to make sure or every week I need to make sure I'm doing some marketing 
sales and delivery. And obviously sales can only happen if you're doing marketing, right? You, you aren't just like selling nobody. So the marketing happens essentially to get visibility, attract new people, nurture those relationships. The selling is when you're actually someone's inquiring to work with you and you're going through that selling and booking process. And then the delivery is once they've said yes to working with you, is you delivering on that on that service, just to make sure that you are equally, not equally, it's not like 33.3% on each one, but that you are focusing on each and every one of those. Because we've had clients come in to get for 100K and we actually have them do a time tracker. And then we have, then we can divide their time in these categories. And one client in particular, we noticed all she was doing was marketing all the time, but she was doing a bunch of random marketing stuff that wasn't leading to sales. So and she has limited time to work on her business because she has a full-time job. So from that time tracker, we were able to go, hey, look, let's hone in on what are the marketing activities that are leading to clients. And the rest of it, I think you're doing as you feel like you should. And we need to balance out the selling and the delivery. <laughs> like we, we can't just market and then never book a client. Right. No, for sure. And I, I think a lot of people, if you've never owned a business before, why would you know? Like this is all new to you. But you don't necessarily, you get into business because you want to do a certain thing. Like you are excited to design, you're excited to write, you're excited to be a photographer and produce the work. Like the work is what's exciting you. But what you don't realize is running a business is not just the work or the deliverables. It's all the other things that lead up to that. There's the bookkeeping, the marketing, the the client experience. Like, how are you managing them once they are a client? And everything are you sending in invoices? So can you get paid? I've made that. Oh, I haven't actually sent any way to get paid this week. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in our, this goes back to our uh, client capacity calculator is one of the, the, it's, you know, this is a, a, a rule that I've set for people. It's obviously not hard and fast. And like, I, but I think having like a general standard has been really helpful for a lot of folks is I tell our clients, you should not be spending more than 50% of your work hours on actually doing client work. Because what I found is a lot of people are in the mindset of billable hours. I'm like, we're not lawyers. And even if you are, we're not doing that anymore. You're a business owner. You stop thinking hourly. You're not making the money when you do the client work. You're making the money when you sell the clients. That's the difference between a job and a business. And I think people are so in this mindset of I make the money when I'm physically doing the client work. No, the money was already booked. Yes, you have to deliver on the promise. You have to bill it exactly like you said, Emily. But the money is made when you're selling the client, not when you're doing the client work. So I feel like that's a, the, maybe the biggest shift for people. Well, and I think sometimes it's easier to imagine this if it's not for yourself, <laughs> which I know that sounds totally absurd, but if you were to think about how a business down the street runs, maybe there's another business you're familiar with and you think about what are what are the different aspects of the way they run their business? What do you notice them doing? I think more things will click for you if you start to break down, oh, well, like clearly, even if you're ultimately running a totally different kind of business than you want to run, you may notice, oh, well, they clearly don't spend all of their time doing X, Y, Z thing. And it, it takes, it takes time to observe that. But I know I was just, I had a hard time figuring out where to spend my time and felt like I was, if I wasn't at my desk all the time that I was somehow failing, 
doing design work. Yeah. If I didn't have a set list of things that I accomplished that day that my husband would like question my whole life and authority and business. And I mean, girl, it was crazy. Well, I like what you said about looking at another business. Cause I think that helped me a lot too. I've, I've often asked myself questions because I like to do little thought experiments for myself to help me think outside of my situation. And I would think, well, A normal business has departments, right? So what department am I working in right now? And if I'm working on the client project, okay, I'm working in like client success, client delivery. Like that's what I'm fulfillment, right? That's what I'm working in. If I'm creating Instagram content, I'm working in the marketing department. If I'm on sales calls, I'm in the sales department. If I'm working on like finance and and, uh, assigning things to my VA and stuff, I'm in like operations, right? So I think... Starting to, even if you are the only, I don't believe that the title solopreneur is healthy for anyone. And I'm actually on a, like, I have like a vendetta to get us to stop being so proud of the word solopreneur. You are not your business. Your business is a machine and you are the builder of the machine. And right now you might be playing the role in all the parts of the machine, but you have to start thinking of yourself as working in different roles that would be able to be hired to someone else eventually. And the sooner you start to think that way, the better. Yep. Yep. Hired out or automated because there are systems there that can do the jobs that you're wasting your time doing right now. So you can do the thing that actually makes you money. Well, and you're going to have to continue to do this self-assessment at all stages of business. You're going to have to sit down and say, these are the kinds of tasks I'm doing in these kinds of areas. And you're going to do it again and again and again and again. Because every time you streamline, every time you create more consistency, then you get, and I I think a lot of people can't see to this point when they're just getting started, but there is a point in which you can offload it, whether that's to a system, like, like you're automating some piece of the process, or it's a person and you're like actually delegating and letting things go. But I never imagined in a million years when I started my business, I guess it was six years ago. Gosh, I don't know. You guys are talking 10, six. I worked in corporate for a long time before I started. But I don't think I ever imagined there was a world in which I could work part-time in a business and make a full-time salary and like actually enjoy my life. It seems to defy logic when you've been conditioned in a society that tells you and teaches you from a very young age that it's the amount of time you spend doing something plus effort that equals how much money you make. So the idea that you would spend less time and less effort and make more money is actually mind boggling. And I think a huge, it's, it's, I, I was exactly the same. I remember I had a mental breakdown when I launched my cor- my first course in 2014 because I was I was doing everything. I had a VA but I had to tell her exactly how to do everything. So I it was all on me. And I was like, how do people do this? How do the like Marie Forleo's and the, like, how do they do it? I literally was under the impression they were running their businesses by themselves. I like, I literally did not, cause they were the face. I just, it, it just was this assumption I made, even though they had a team, I was like, yeah, but they're doing everything. I just, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I'm preparing to go on maternity leave in October. And literally if I had to leave my business today, everything would be fine. I am completely replaceable in my business at this point. And that is still, like you said, Abigail, it, it's, it, it creates a lot of um, cognitive dissonance for me, but it's less and less because I've been slowly peeling back the layers of that onion. But it's like, I'll have times I'm on a call with my operations manager and I feel incredibly lazy because 
she yesterday she was like, oh, you know, we need we need like captions for Instagram posts for like this thing we're doing in July. And I was like, hmm, how can I not do that? That's what I ask myself every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't like, but I'm not. So before I would have been like, well, I'm not busy. I could do it. And now I'm like, no, I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I know a lot of you can't quite see this far in the future yet. And that's okay. We're talking one step at a time. If anything, I would love for you guys to be thinking about if you haven't yet jumped off the cliff and started the business and got your first offer out there, or if you're not creating that consistent client work yet, like let this be your sign that now is the time you have people in your corner that have been there, done that, believe in you. If you could give us three to five action steps for those people who are like, okay, maybe a little, a little nervous, but let's do this thing. Where would you have them start? Yeah. I think what you said earlier, Abigail was really beautiful about just working with anyone doing the thing that you think might be the thing you want to do. And if that means things I don't usually recommend, like bartering or doing it for free for the first couple of people, just to get you started. I think getting started can be so it's the biggest obstacle. If it can get you started, then, then do it, like make a list. So that would be the, okay. That's the first thing is like, decide that you're going to get started and you're going to do a project for like one to three clients. The second thing I would do is make a list of 25 people, you know, who potentially might need the type of work that you do. Like, and I say 25 because not because you're going to like work with all these 25 people or even approach all these 25 people, but in coming with 25 people, you'll find at least five, at least three to five that you definitely are like, oh yeah, that person needs this thing. You know what I mean? So that's what I always tell our clients to do when they need, when they need clients is, Hey, have you thought about your current network? Because those are the people who are already have relationships with you. Those are, that's where your clients are going to come from. I think the third step I would take is potentially sitting and just mapping out what you're picturing your service looking like and, and what you're picturing that process of delivering the service to look like. So I did this kind of automatically, but now I realize a lot of people don't do this and it was really helpful is like, okay, I'm going to do a copywriting service. All right. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'll need to get research from them. All right. So I'll have a questionnaire. So I'm like, okay, what am I going to need to do research a questionnaire? All right. What kind of research am I going to need to do? And I really mapped out what I, assumed would be my process for the service so that when I did get the client, I had a starting ground of, okay, this is the process that I'm testing that I'm like, my hypothesis is that if I do the, it's an experiment, right? If I do this process, then that will get me to the end result. And what that allowed me to do was to refine that process and create a questionnaire and create like a, a formula. And so that I could feel a lot more confident as a copywriter, because I wasn't just winging it, <laughs> you know? So I said, those are the three things that I would, I would recommend doing. I love that. That gives you guys a good enough framework to like kick off ideas that you might have circling around in your head, or maybe come back and like reframe with maybe some steps that you've already taken to make sure that you're like doing stuff in an order that you know is going to be effective. Where can people keep learning from you, hang out with you online, buy all your stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they can, everyone can find me at CourtneyShaw.com. And from there, like everything is, is linked. One of the things I mentioned a couple of times that 
I just think is a great thing for all service providers to wrap their minds around is that client capacity calculator, which is it's like it's like spammed all over the website. But also, if you just go to CourtneyShaw.com forward slash calculator, there's like a direct link. But I, it's like a little spreadsheet and you just you plug in a few numbers. And I'm not going to lie. Again, it's 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 a dad bod opt in. It's not it's not like how to make a million dollars. It's like, hey, here's your reality check opt in. It will, what it's going to start to show you is, hey, I'm not losing my mind. I actually am undercharging. Numbers are telling me this now, not just like a coach having an intuitive hit that <laughs> this is what's happening. I am like actually undercharging because it is physically impossible to to make this amount of money doing this work at the price that I'm charging. So that's the, I feel like it, it can let a load off and it can also be a little bit oh, scary. I won't lie. It's like, Oh my God, I have to raise my prices. Okay. Then let's face that. Right. Like that's when you go into a program or you hire a coach or whatever, let's, they can show you how to do that. But first you need to see the numbers. And, and I think that can be really empowering, which is why I created that calculator. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on again, Courtney. Welcome back. And we can't wait to have you on again. Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm glad that I didn't mess it up and still agree with everything. <laughs> You're welcome back. <laughs> Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.